Hi, I'm Keith, Manager of Organizational and Spiritual Life with Christian Horizons. Thanks for joining me for the ninth and final episode of Renew, Caring for You as You Care for Others. We've talked about the hazards of care, and burnout and compassion fatigue. And then we looked at self-care, the art of resilience, seeing the world, knowing ourselves, and finally we're exploring relating to others. And this includes effective communication, like we talked about in the last episode, and also compassion and connection or celebration, as we'll be exploring in this episode. As always, uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes to let us know what you think. You're welcome to visit the site, www.christian-horizons.org slash renew. And I always love to hear from you, so feel free to send me an email at ministry at christian-horizons.org. So just as having effective communication with one another, having the courage to effectively communicate, to be honest, loving and truthful in our communication with each other, so having compassion and empathy as we relate to others will help us to practice resilient care, especially through difficult times. You'll remember the quote from Rachel Naomi Remen, where she said the expectation that we can be immersed in suffering and loss daily and not be touched by it is as unrealistic as expecting to be able to walk through water without getting wet. And her response to that is not that we need to stop being exposed to suffering and loss, but rather that we need to practice grief, we need to practice mourning with each other. She says, we burn out because we've allowed our hearts to become so filled with loss that we have no room left to care. And so this aspect of of compassion, of walking alongside one another as caregivers, or walking alongside each other as care partners, as people who give and receive care in diverse ways, is so crucial. It's really in, in sharing our weaknesses and sharing our difficulties that we come closer to one another, that we feel like we grow in greater understanding with each other, that we can empathize and, and support one another. And so as we think about compassion fatigue, what happens when we're practicing care and it feels like those little losses just keep on adding up on top of each other, Caregiving will always come with those kinds of losses. It'll never just be a matter of seeing people flourish and grow. We'll have health challenges. We'll accompany people who are going through difficulties or or facing setbacks. And so we need human practices that help us to address these griefs and these losses, sometimes even up to the loss of life, depending on the people that we're supporting. There's a beautiful book called Lament for a Son by Nicholas Walterstorff. This book was written after his son Eric died in a mountain climbing accident in Austria when he was 25. If you can imagine the expression of grief from a father who lost his son in this way. In the foreword to his book, wonderful just expression of grief and honest, gut-wrenching lament for his son. He conveys a story where um, 
his friend told the author that he had given a copy of Lament for a Son to all of his children. And Walter Storff was uh, incredulous and, and asked, you know, why, why did you do that? Um, and his friend replied, because it's a love song. And as he thought about that, yes, it, this kind of lament, this grief, this mourning is a love song. He says every lament is a love song. And it's, it's true that every aspect of grief that we experience is because of something that we loved or cared for that was lost or isn't there in the same way anymore. So it's not only a matter of thinking about the, the difficulty and the hardship of the loss and sharing that with one another, but also what it is and, and how it expresses what we care for and care about. The mourning is an expression of care. So as we think about relating to each other in the practice of compassion with one another, questions for you. What is one of the more difficult things that you faced in your work? Maybe maybe it's a question that you, you prefer not to ask yourself. You prefer to move on from those difficult and hard things that you face. But it's important to know what those losses are because often they remind us of what we care about or who we care about. And then what helped you get through that time whenever it was that, that you were processing that loss? And we need to be honest that we all have different responses to grief and some of those are healthy and some of those are not. But often when we look back on those times, we can find something or someone that helped to support us. We can ask, how do we make sure that those support systems or practices are an everyday and ongoing part of our lives and part of our resilient care? This past week, I spent some time with parents and caregivers, with uh, children, both adult and otherwise, with disabilities. This group of parents shared some really difficult things, whether it was lost jobs or health challenges for themselves or for loved ones, difficulty finding support. There's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of setbacks that, that can happen through life. And I shared with them from Lamentations 3, a, a book in the Bible that's thought to be written by Jeremiah during a very difficult period in Israel's history. And most of this lamentation is is really just a, a cry out to God and in fact often a cry against God feeling as though God has turned against Jeremiah Jeremiah says things like God has made my flesh and my skin waste away he has broken my bones he has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation he has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. So that's verses 4 to 6, and it goes on like this in some pretty harsh and difficult um, expressions of grief and loss. But then we come to Lamentations three twenty-two to 23, and he says that he will, he will remember this, he will call this to mind, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
And so within this passage, what I find fascinating is Jeremiah's ability to wrestle with both the grief and the loss and also the hope that comes from his faith. And I shared this with the parents and caregivers in this session. It was remarkable how each one was able to point to specific moments, specific times, specific experiences of encouragement that helped them to keep going. This kind of mercy, this kind of grace that they might not have expected, but was new every day. Whether that was something like coming across a rainbow in the sky and just giving thanks for it. Showing their daughter videos of when she was young and just seeing her light up and, and, and rejoice in that, even though they weren't sure what to expect. Maybe it was a time when they applied for funding and it actually came through for them in a big way. As human beings, we are wired for hope. We're wired to, to look for the possibility that exists in our situation or in the future. And even if we can't see it now, that hope can give rise to eyes to see goodness in the world around us, to give thanks, as we've talked about before. With grief, never really goes away. It changes over time. The pain might become less. But if it was someone significant that we lost, it becomes a part of who we are. That person becomes a part of who we are. And so it will always be something that is, is bittersweet for us. There's a proverb that says, grief shared is halved, joy shared is doubled. And I don't think that's entirely true, but the principle there is that sharing grief changes our experience of grief. Just as sharing joy changes our experience of joy, that is something that we can share with others, and somehow it feels like it's been made lighter. Similar to the Apostle Paul in Romans 12 saying, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. What does it look like in your current reality? You Maybe you work on a team with others, or maybe you um, are a parent or a caregiver in a family setting. Who are those people that you can share grief with, that you can share joy with? It's a question I want us to be asking ourselves today. Yes, it takes courage. It takes vulnerability in a similar way to practicing effective communication like we talked about last episode. But reach inside and find that courage to share something about the grief that you've you've felt. And chances are that will help you to process it, help you to get through it. Grief and joy so often travel together in bittersweet memories. I've had many sessions with people who are grieving the loss of whether someone they supported or a housemate. And regularly there are tears of, of grief as one might expect as they think about the person's passing. But there are also tears of joy as they think about the good times, as they celebrate, as they rejoice in the good times that were shared with the person that they cared about. And so as we receive grief together, we can also receive joy together. 
And this is what helps us to grow. This also leads into third point about relating to others, and that is how do we celebrate? How do we really connect with each other, not only through acts of compassion and grieving with each other, but celebrating and rejoicing with each other? It's so important, for example, to take time to appreciate and to celebrate small victories, every day even, saying well done when someone completes a goal. Don't just move on. I know there's lots to do in any given day, but recognize that. Celebrate that with the person or celebrate something that that you've done, that you've completed. It can provide that reinforcement that helps us to collect ourselves and go on to the next thing. It helps us to be resilient. And I would say even or especially when things seem overwhelming, it's so important to pause and to celebrate things that have gone well. Another part of celebration is just having fun. I love this quote from Mo Schwaldox, who says, A sense of humor can help you to overlook the unattractive, tolerate the unpleasant, cope with the unexpected, and smile through the unbearable. And I've experienced that so many times in my life. I think I mentioned before when uh, my daughter Charity got into the diaper cream, and it was a it was a bit of a disastrous situation. But choosing to smile and to find the humor in that situation really helped both of us to get through it. And there's been so many other examples like that throughout my life and throughout my caregiving journey. Laughing together at the ridiculousness of a situation helps us all to grow together. It helps to form those memories in our mind, not as something that is awful or destructive, but it's something that brought us together. You need to remember this should never be a humor that depersonalizes people. If it comes at the expense of someone else or treats them like an object rather than as a human being worthy of our respect, then it's depersonalizing. And laughing together at someone, unless they're in on the joke, really diminishes care work. It's, it's actually a sign that we're losing our ability to care well. If you remember, as we talked about compassion fatigue and burnout, depersonalization is a symptom of those things. And it's probably a good reminder that we need to practice self-care. We need to maybe take a step back and recharge so that we can find the good humor in situations rather than finding laughter or humor at the expense of someone else. If you work on a team or if you're part of a family, we can also celebrate through weird or silly events or habits or practices that help us to come together and just have fun. In the office that I'm a part of, we do the elf on a shelf thing. So if you're familiar with this little um, stuffed elf character, you can put them in all sorts of interesting and funny places. And so that's something that every every year around Christmas time, we'll find this elf on the shelf in in various strange situations, whether that's um, opening up a safe somewhere or 
uh, lying in a bowl of popcorn or having just saran wrapped a teammate's office and sitting on the chair there. Yes, it's silly. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yes, it's not terribly productive, but it helps the team to come together to have to, to feel a sense of unity. Uh, even this, this kind of distraction from some of the things that are happening can be good depending on the situation. So find those practices, um, find those things that you can do together. And, and yes, team building days or team building sessions might be part of that, but it could really be anyone who comes up with this, whether it's an inside joke or just a, a silly thing to do together that helps people to, to celebrate and to connect. As you think about this, what are some of the fun areas of connection that you've experienced on your caregiving journey? Are there ways to, to celebrate even those or to bring those back in some way? Maybe it's an ongoing practice that uh, you can just give thanks for, that it's something that is part of your life and your journey. And then give some intentional thought to what is one thing you could do or practice you could put in place to help bring joy to your environment, to help to lighten the mood sometimes, or just bring a sense of celebration to those around you. And that could be your family, or that could be a work colleagues. I want to thank you for tuning in to this course, whether that's for a part of it, or whether it's after listening to the whole thing. I hope that it's been helpful in terms of addressing compassion fatigue and burnout, coming to a greater understanding of yourself, helping you to connect with others, and in the end, to practice more resilient care. Maybe give some thought to whether there's others who might benefit from you sharing this course with them. And feel free to reach out to me at ministry at christian-horizons.org I want to pray an ancient Christian and Jewish blessing over you as we wrap up. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May you find peace along this journey of caregiving, wherever you find yourself on it. There are many ups and downs along the way, but as we travel together, I really believe that we experience a kind of sacred ministry in each other's presence. Take good care, and God bless. Thanks to James Palmer for lending his guitar talent to this project. You can follow him on Instagram at James Palmer NB or find his album Redwood on Spotify.